like nostalgic movie review from nerdy married man hello welcome back yes this is a fun one very fun this is steven's pun- fun pick this week good pick <laughs> fun good pick it, it's it's fun and good <laughs> this is behind the mask the rise of leslie vernon uh, this is a movie that came out in 2007 it's one hour and 31 minutes long and is rated r this is a very unique movie that i'm guessing most people have not heard of this is a movie i saw on like a youtube list a long time ago a few years back that was like horror movies that you've never heard of that you absolutely love and i fell in love with the concept of it and immediately was like i have to watch this and i love this movie so much now (laughs) it is a perfect meta slasher movie yes who do we got for stars stars of this movie we have nathan basil basil angela gothhall's we actually have Robert England in this movie and Zelda Rubenstein. There's a few other people in the movie that are not as big as characters. We have Scott Wilson, Bridget Newton, Katie Miner, Ben Pace, and uh, Britton Spellings. And uh, Scott Wilson uh, plays a really cool character, but you'll when you see him, you'll know him mainly from The Walking Dead if you're a huge fan of that show. Oh, yeah. He plays uh, Herschel. I forgot. Yeah. That. <laughs> and, of course, Robert England is Freddy Krueger. <laughs> uh. His parallel in this movie is hilarious. How he's basically the Dr. Loomis of this movie. Yes. The amount of meta things with other horror movies is hilarious in this movie. Oh yeah, this this the world of this movie exists within the fictional slasher killers list, I guess. You know, yeah. there's mentions of Freddy, Jason, Michael Myers. They're they're real in this universe. Yes. So the rotten score for this movie, critic score of a 76% and audience score of a 75. So this is the closest I think we've seen in all of our movies so far. I Critics think so. and audience actually agreeing like full-heartedly. Yeah. Fun facts about the movie. At the beginning, Taylor is standing in front of the Red Rabbit pub, which is a re- reference to the Red Rabbit matchbook found by Dr. Loomis in Halloween. Yeah. There's also a few other good references like uh, Kane Hodder, who is uh, known for being Jason in a few of the Friday 13th movies. He's actually on Elm Street at 1428 Elm Street, the house of Freddy Krueger. Yep. And, where uh, Nancy lived. <laughs> yep, where Nancy lived. There's also the jump rope girls in the background uh, from Nightmare on Elm Street. and Kelly Curtis is an homage to the classic screen queen, Jamie Lee Curtis, who is has a sister with the same name. That's awesome. They, uh, they also have a couple other cool Easter eggs. Uh, in Eugene's house, there is a the Hellraiser box puzzle is yep. on the stand. <laughs> and then also uh, the 1973 Oldsmobile Delta 88 that Sam Raimi puts in all his films from Evil Dead is actually outside of Eugene's house. Yep. Um, Leslie also, the first time that he shows the curious house, he introduces them to his two pet turtles, which are Church and Zoe. And these are the names of the resurrected pets in Pet Cemetery. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> I do, uh, they, Eugene character talks about how he is another one of these fictional killers uh, from the past in the 70s. And it's never mentioned who he was. According to uh, some of the people that worked on the movie, his character was supposed to be reminiscent or based on the unnamed killers in either Black Christmas or the Toolbox Murders movie. Yeah, uh, he's supposed to be the older or younger brother of the guy from Black Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, this is actually Zelda's last movie that she did, Zelda Rubenstein. Which, you will recognize her voice immediately. Um, she was in movies like Poltergeist and a bunch mm-hmm. of other classic horror movies. So again, like this movie is a huge homage to... If you're a classic horror fan, you're going to love this movie. Absolutely. It has homages to all of your favorite franchises. 
they're all real people in this well, movie. It, it's so good. If you're a huge horror fan, you'll love the way this film has a deconstruction of like the slasher genre formula. It talks about all the various tropes within it, so it's a very fun time. A lot of people probably will put this in the same kind of story of Scream franchise. Uh, it's a meta slasher horror film, and this one has some of those same things, but this one's like extremely way more meta at the beginning and doesn't really get into the slasher until later on in the movie, yeah. which is a really cool choice we'll talk about later. But um, one of the things that's just amazing about this is just how this movie plays out. Oh, yeah. Which we'll definitely talk about, too. But but uh, the, the main thing to take away is Nathan Basil's performance as Leslie is just so <laughs> well done. He just goes back and forth from being this funny, almost Jim Carrey-like character, but then he'll switch on a dime and be just this terrifying presence. Yes. It's, he's just so – it's so well done in all the various jokes and tropes he talks about. It's we'll talk about it in the spoiler section, but it's it's so well done. All right, and uh, I guess we haven't gotten our gotten given our synopsis, so we should give that out. Too. Oh yeah, uh, you can go ahead and read this one. All right, the next great psycho horror slasher has given a documentary crew exclusive access to his life as he plans his reign of terror over a sleepy town of Glen Echo. <laughs> perfect, perfect, just. Great way to say what this movie is without giving too much away. Yep, it's it's a good synopsis. What, uh, how did this movie make you feel, and what are your scores? This movie to me was so funny and had times of very much like really awesome slasher. Um, this movie is both like incredible, really smart, really fun to watch. Just all around, I felt like this movie was a great movie. And honestly, especially for a horror franchise movie, like there's not many horror movies that get this high of praise. And I give it a lot more praise than the critics and the audience do. I actually gave this movie a flat 90. Oh, okay. I think this movie is fantastic. I've watched it a few times. I love it every time. There's not much <laughs> I can say that's like terrible, terrible about this movie. What about you? Well, this, this movie made me feel so happy to be a horror movie fan. Because it just is such a good time. Uh, I really enjoyed it. My score is definitely lower than yours, uh, but yeah. higher than the Rotten Tomatoes score. Uh, right. I'd give it an 84. It is a solid B movie. Fair enough. <laughs> like, li almost literally in a sense. But it is, <laughs> it is so well done, and I just think the characters are great. And the way it plays out is both funny and horrific yes yes i i definitely agree before we go into our spoilers we'll talk about our next week which we're having our you know like we always do our original versus remake this is slightly not an original versus remake this is a original and a retelling of how that movie was made yes so this is the room versus the disaster artist should be a good time the room is notified most people say it's one of those just absolutely so terrible it's kind of good movies and the disaster artist is an amazing critically loved movie that is a depiction of how that movie was made yeah absolutely so please check both those out and join us next week for that comparison yes and now on to the spoilers spoiler time boop, 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 boop. I need a boop 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 button. <laughs> boop boop boop. Wah 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> the air horn. Yeah. 
All right. Well, let's uh, let's just get into it. I think uh, I'm going to start with some downfalls because okay. it's uh, it'll be easier to get through the few downfalls yes, before yes. we talk about how, how fun this movie. Is. The the first thing that uh, kind of bothered me was how easy it was to guess the outcome slash twist of the film. So early on, they're talking about trying to find that you know the perfect virgin character to yeah. uh, kind of focus on for the slasher. And he's pointing out, you know, these couple girls that, and the main girl he focuses on. And I'm like, it's going to be the leader of the documentary, isn't it? Like, <laughs> I actually didn't catch that the first time I watched that. Like, I didn't catch on to those clues. And, like, I was wondering what was going on. And, like, it always seemed, like, weird between them. But I didn't understand totally why. Well, you notice, like, certain times throughout the film, whenever she says something that is kind of out of character for her out of the i guess trope of the virgin character she kind of gets a little awkward about it like when she uh says certain things or gets uncomfortable with some of the actions that leslie takes true but i mean that one it's like ah whatever it's one of my downfalls is i was getting so annoyed that this uh documentary crew and it felt like they kept forgetting that they were dealing with a killer yeah, they almost become buddy buddy and just hanging out with a friend instead of actually hanging out with a. Well, and there's times where they like, they'll just like say something or do something, and then he'll kind of like snap at them, and I'm like, do you not realize who you are dealing with? This guy is a killer. You're following a around. <laughs> like, jeez, like, come on, you can't do this stuff around him. <laughs> Uh, there was only two other downfalls for me, that is. One was the library scene when they're kind of chasing behind the bookcases. Yeah. Uh, it gets it gets really disorienting, uh, I guess, shaky cam-like. So, I mean, it's not a terrible thing, but it was like, uh, can you stop? But then the, the last downfall I have are many of the on-screen deaths are actually not done on-screen. Yeah. They're kind of just in the background or like you never for being an r-rated horror movie i really want to enjoy the gore and the kills and the blood like that's what i want from a slasher film so So most of them are off screen i found that interesting because in the first especially in like the first and second i think friday the 13th movie those movies don't really show many on-screen deaths they always have the character walk into a room and see a corpse. And that's what this movie did. So I thought it was more of an homage to how those ones were made. Which it could have been. Because, I mean, in the the first couple, Friday the 13th, uh, it's mainly prominent in the first one. There are a couple on-screen kills shown. Yeah. Kind of like in this movie, how there are a few that are shown. And actually, my two highlight kills are one where he stabs the guy in the back base of his neck with the... Uh, the sheer. Yeah. And then my favorite kill of the movie is using that post digger and he Crab is stabbing <laughs> this guy and pulls his heart out of his chest and places it calmly in his hand. Yeah, which I, I have that as one of those. I love that scene, but the downfall I have for that is that the heart looks so fake. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. But like to the same extent, a lot of these old horror films looked bad (laughs) in some of their effects well they looked bad and so good because a lot of it is practical yes (laughs) and a couple of downfalls for me i always hate the trope that journalists will do anything for a scoop which i know that's probably true but to the same extent like would you really do this kind of thing risk your life (laughs) and especially because the journalist crew would be an accessory for murder for sure oh absolutely. like there's no way they're going to be able to post this documentary 
without getting arrested immediately after. Well, and they even participate in some of the things that they yes. do, like the whole pulling the brick out from the door yeah, to, to make it close. Girl, yeah. I mean, the the interviewer of the documentary pulls the brick herself, so right there, she is an accessory. Yep. <laughs> to tormenting a girl before she is going to be murdered. Yep. <laughs> That's the only downfalls I have, though. It's just a couple of things about the crew themselves. Yeah, exa- exactly. There's not a lot of downfalls, but the the highlights, we can go on probably yes, forever. But probably. They're great. Like I said earlier, I love the world. It's the, just a fun meta slasher. And I really love when he's talking about his attention to detail for the traps and the tropes, cliches of horror. And yeah. he even mentions to the documentary girl, like, Oh, for really complicated things, we just use CGI. <laughs> it's just so funny. Oh, yeah, because he's talking about uh, planting evidence, like uh, planting evidence to make him seem like he's connected to those characters. Like, in a lot of these movies, we always, like, make fun of, like, oh, sure, this is person's mother's lover, whatever, or this person's long-lost uncle that was a killer back in the day. Yeah. And this is saying that none of those stories are actually true, that we use CGI and we use, like, Photoshop and stuff to edit articles, and then we put those articles in front of them. And, like, him placing the article and then him placing the new film reel inside of the old newspaper. Oh, so funny. Like, so well thought out and so amazing and just, like, puts a different perspective. And, like, we're talking about him, like, prepping and stuff. I love how much research and prep these killers go through. And he talks about how you have to be able to run like a gazelle without getting winded. Plus, there's that thing where we have to make it look like we're walking and have to stay close to you. And it's really tough. It's really tough. You have to do so much cardio and workouts (laughs) to be able to do these things and be this strong. (laughs) I also love the, the, the whole traps and preparation where he talks about how he makes it seem like uh, getting people to escape through the windows onto the roof. And he, you know, kind of pre-cuts branches on trees so that they break. And he already also cuts the big branches off so they can't use those. Or when they run into a tool shed and looking for a weapon, he's like, we place weapons up front. And I kind of just rig them all to be able to break after one swing. Yep. Because they're always going to grab the first thing they see that looks deadly. Exactly. They're not going to go to the back. Like this <laughs> sledgehammer, I loosen the top. So as soon as they swing it, the, 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 the head just flies off. Yeah, he, he talks about how he broke the axe already and <laughs> re-put the head on. He's like, you know, it should break after the first swing. Hopefully she doesn't make it count. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so much of that. And I love how uh, they have the sensor- sensory deprivation tank to practice being able to look dead when needed. Like when they have those moments in the movies where you're like, someone needs to make sure that that killer's dead. And then they turn away and then the killer's gone. It, it's because they practice being dead (laughs) it's it's so good like there's just so many of that like i love how much he talks about like we talked about like the final girl that he needs to have but he also needs to find a girl that also has a lot of like supporting cast yeah like the the jocks the people who are gonna have fun at the party we have to have the stoners they're easy to catch they can't get away fast well and he also (laughs) talks about how sometimes you want to cast some stoners in it because you know when you need to pad the numbers add some extra bodies (laughs) they're the easier ones to add the numbers (laughs) for and the way they talk in this movie just how much he makes it seem like this is what he needs to do and they kept on like aren't you like feel bad about doing these things he's like no you don't understand this isn't about being evil or about killing this is about how you need to have a world with balance and we're the evil and we need to have good so they actually like get excited like when uh robert england's character comes into this he basically like we said like the dr loomis character he's trying to stop him from doing these murders yep and when he first comes in, he goes and tells his, like, friend that he's been, like, 
learning how to be a serial killer from. And he's like, I got my Captain Ahab! I got my Captain Ahab! <laughs> and they're like, what's a Captain Ahab? Well, Captain Ahab is that person that you want to try to stop you. He's the person who's going to show up in the final scene. He's the person who's going to try to stop me, and it'll see if he's going to be able to. Oh, I'm so excited for this. And he's like, he wants the fight back. He wants the final girl to have this fight against him. He wants everything. that I love the uh, all the Yannick imagery. And she's like, what's Yannick imagery? And he's like, oh, it's really important in my line of work. It's, it's the opposite of phallic imagery. So I have... Like, the opening to the apple orchard is her coming out of the womb and her becoming a new woman. And well, I have he even, the closet being the womb. I think that's you were going with that. Oh, yeah, the, the closet, he describes it as, uh, she asks why the killer never kills the person in the closet. And he's like, well, we see the closet as a place of safety for them. So it is almost like a womb. It is very, it's their safe place before they come out. Yeah. And he talks about how it's great how the final girl overcomes herself and like escapes through that womb and becomes who she's meant to be. Another thing that we talked about was like foreshadowing earlier. I think I only remembered him ever saying one rule that he had and it was rule number one, no one gets away. And so that was my one thing of foreshadowing where I'm like, he's not going to let the crew get away. Yeah, (laughs) Everyone dies. Which yeah, seriously, the beginning movie, up until 30 minutes left in this movie, about 30 minutes left in this movie, is all just him setting up for the killings. Him doing his first initial scares, him talking about how he's doing everything, how he's planning everything, him showing them the exact plan of what the final night's going to be, mm-hmm. him doing all these things. And then what's really, really amazing is right at that mark, we switch to a different style of movie completely. So the whole beginning of the movie was shot like hand cam, documentary, documentary style. style, and then the end half gets, in 30 minutes, gets shot like a straight up horror slasher movie. Minus one scene in yes. the, the library scene does have one moment of like that horror style instead of a documentary. Yeah. But yeah, the, the other than that, it's all documentary style until that last like 30 minutes, and, and it's so well done. So perfect. Like, I could not come up with a better way to have done that, and I think that's really what sells this movie, mm-hmm. because it really does switch, and that's when even the crew is like, he's gonna kill us. Well, Shit. <laughs> and what's great about it switching to that third-person horror movie style is before that, you actually never see the faces of the cameramen yes. until that scene. You hear them talk throughout the movie, but then when you actually see them, it's like, oh, they are now a part of yep. the movie, the situation. Which, again, was another very unique take that I was like, wow, like you thought of everything with this. And one thing I gotta say is on top of the portrayal of Leslie Vernon being so well done is when he actually puts his mask on, it is terrifying. And I actually, I love the design of his killer's mask. Yeah. It's so cool. And I would, I would actually love to see this film get a sequel. It would be so fun. Seriously. I want this one to have a sequel as well. Like this is insane. Um, I love just like all the different things he does think about. We were talking about with like this planning, like he doesn't want to stay in the house too long. He wants to draw them out of the house he puts dead batteries in all the flashlights inside the house. Like we said, he sabotages the weapons. He took uh, the spark plugs out of the vehicle so no one could leave. Like, like at one point, they're describing these scenes, and like he's describing how the night's going to play out, and he's describing a sex scene. And the interviewer is like, 
isn't that a, a little gratuitous? And he says, who's telling the story here? <laughs> <laughs> and it brought back that like gratuitous nudity scenes and horror movie trope as well that I thought was hilarious. And he explains how he, he wants to let the characters have a little fun first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he talks about, like, we were talking about like the Yannick imagery, but we also talk about the phallic imagery. When he's talking about the final girl reaching for that weapon, he, he says he reaches for a hard weapon. Let's call it my cock. And it's symbolism for my cock because she's taking my manhood to empower herself to attack me now. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like, everything happened to be some sort of, like, sexual thing. And then uh, I love when he is talking about letting the people have sex before he murders them a little bit. He's like, because, you know, that's not a bad way to go. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the camera guys is like, yeah, and, like, fist pumps up. <laughs> it's really not a bad way to go, is it? And I'm laughing just so hard at this. Like, uh, what other things do you love about? Like I said, I just, I like how he makes the viewer of the movie feel like they are a participant in the story because he's always letting everyone watching in on what's going on. And I just, I think it's so fun and it's very creative how he talks about the rules of horror. Well, and I love too, like when he goes over the plan with the crew of that final night, all of his plan actually does come to fruition just in different ways with involving them now. Yep. The way he, like, subverted the, uh, subverted the trope of finding the two couple that had sex naked, dead together, and putting them in the van later and having them stumble upon it, having the main documentary trick end up being the final girl. Like, so many of these things, like... And that was interesting, too. The girl that they were following, she was the first one to have sex. And we see have sex, and we're like, wait, you're no, you're supposed to be the virgin. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> He planned it all that way from the beginning. Yep. And everyone, like, yeah, like I like how the teens figured it out, too. Like, when they, like, how long have you been following us? It doesn't matter. It's like, wait, you're the girl. You're the one who's supposed to stop him. Yep. And she goes, ah, I think you're right. Like, yep. damn it. <laughs> and I love that at one point. She's like, you're sadistic and a genius. And he's like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so many small things. Like, a couple other lines that I loved. Like, I talked about the gazelle one already, but... I love when he's showing them the turtles. He's like, I only keep pets that I can eat. <laughs> and he just looks at the camera and smiles. <laughs> it's just so weird. It's... And I absolutely love that the, well, it's not even a post-credit scene. It's just the credit scene. It's done during the credits, not post-credit or mid-credit. I'm way more loving of this style of things in movies than having to wait for a mid-credit another mid-credit, and then a post-credit scene. Yeah. Like, I hate having to watch... Like, I don't mind watching some credits and stuff, but I love when movies actually put it, like, through the movie as well. One of the things that I absolutely loved is we see earlier, like, when he's preparing, um, he's putting this facial cream on, and she's, like, asking what it is, and he's saying it's, like, preparation H or whatever to make it so his blood vessels don't pop up to the top of his forehead to make it so he doesn't get as exhausted, he doesn't have as much wrinkles. And he's like, also, I put some flame retardant in it. Yep, so he can survive being burned. And then she tries burning him. And I was like, wow, you really thought of everything. <laughs> That's the way she tried to kill him. And so we know if you paid attention to him wearing that flame retardant stuff all over his entire body, he probably didn't die in that fire. And we see him in the post, or during the credits, we see like the coroner bring out the body. We see him start prepping some stuff, getting some paperwork done, putting on some music, doing a bunch of things. And right when the title screen appears, and it says The Rise of Leslie Miller, right at the bottom of the screen, Leslie Miller Vernon. sits up. 
or Vernon, Leslie Vernon. Why did I say Leslie Miller? Leslie Vernon rises up right when the title screen rises to that point. And I thought that was another really small, slight touch that I just loved. Well, I, I also love that end credit scene mainly because it's one of those scenes that you would always see in these typical slasher movies at the beginning of the direct sequel. Yes. Because at the end of the original movie, you see that the house burns down or the character, the killer, is dead. And then at the beginning of the sequel, the trope is it starts in the coroner's office and they're getting ready to, you know, cut open the body and the body wakes up and it's just so perfect. Prime it's- example of what David's talking about is the new Halloween movies. In the newest Halloween movie that was, came out in 2018, he's in the house and he's burning. And then in the sequel, we see him escaping the house and killing all the firefighters. Yeah. And so that's just one of those things. Like we said, it's a classic movie trope, but it's in this movie as well without having to have a sequel. (laughs) The other example that I think it pulls straight from is the Friday the 13th franchise. Between the second and the third movie or the third and the fourth movie, Jason dies. And then at the beginning of the next movie, he is actually in a coroner's office and his hand falls and they think he's still dead but then he actually gets up and he kills the nurse in the corner and everyone yeah. there and it's just it, it's a really good i guess parallel yeah i love when he's talking about this code of ethics and like the closet being a sacred place uh she's like so does that mean you're pro-life and he just glares and he's like eh, anyways <laughs> <laughs> there's just so many like subtle moments like like we said this the main guy of this movie Nathan uh, Basil is just incredible in the way he acts this movie. He is creepy as all hell. He's funny as all hell. Um, I don't know if you've seen this movie, but it really reminded me of Creep. I don't know if I've seen that one. Creep is a movie where he gets some uh, someone to film him for a day because he says he's like dying or whatever. But then he ends up killing that person and being really creepy to that person and then like stalking them over a period of time (laughs) and stuff like that. So it's a lot of similarities in a way. But that one, like the main actor in that really reminds me of like his style of acting. And um, it was Mark Duplass, I think, was the main actor in Creep. But it's just incredible the way that they can be this weird and dark, but also be like comical and funny and really fantastic (laughs) oh yeah absolutely so this film was definitely worth giving a watch uh i'd even say own it it is if you're a huge horror fan go buy it don't even rent it (laughs) for sure especially if you like we said if you are a classic horror fan you're going to enjoy this go check it out (laughs) (laughs) and i think that's all i have do you have anything else Uh, i think that's all i have too all right well fantastic one thank you for tuning in again and seeing our take on behind the mask uh again next week uh we are looking at the room versus the disaster artist yes so please join us then and watch those movies all right bye have a good one